Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, wait a minute. If God says, don't go by that tree... God's not really a good God. He's a restricted God. And that's what our world believes today. We say to people, would you like to become a Christian? No, I don't want to be. Well, I might become a Christian. I'll do it on my dying bed because the life that you live as a Christian before you get to it's restrictive. You can don't do this. Don't do that. There's no joy and peace in that. I don't want any part of that life. That's a lie from Satan. The Bible says he who the sun sets free is free indeed. The world is always looking for ways to discredit Christianity and make it look less appealing. Today, Pastor Mark encourages listeners to hold fast to the truths of Scripture and fight off the evil schemes of the devil. Your marriage will always be under attack by Satan. He understands that God designed marital intimacy to be foundational in a believer's life. As you pursue spiritual maturity both individually and with your spouse, don't grow weary or be deceived by the world. Scripture promises that a life fashioned after Christ is much sweeter. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, God Cares for Your Marriage. In your Bibles today, we're going to be in two places. Genesis, you can turn there first. And also we're going to be in Matthew chapter 19. Have any of you ever planted a garden, a little backyard garden? You know, you went to the store and you see all the stuff that, you know, you can't eat spinach because of pseudomonas or whatever and salmonella now our dogs and cats you know they can't eat anything and you go man i'm just gonna be i'm gonna do fresh stuff from my garden so i know it anybody ever planted a little garden in your backyard let me see your hands viera yeah let me see your hands good now when you planted that garden what were your expectations did you think at all that you'd have to do any work in that garden No, you just plant the stuff and up it comes and you got vegetables and you got stuff. And you see, when you planted a garden, you didn't, you weren't stupid enough to say, well, I don't, I mean, look at the shovel. It's sitting over there in the corner. I guess I'm going to have to do something with the shovel. Yeah, you're going to have to weed. By the way, do you weed just once? (laughs) Are you kidding me? You got to weed forever. A.W. Tozer made a great statement. Look what he says. He says, the bent of nature is toward the wild, not toward the fruitful field. So that means if I let the garden go unworked, unweeded, well, that's the result. You see it. Weeds just take over. Well, the same thing will happen in our marriages. Great marriages don't just happen. 
In fact, this week I found a statement I thought it was good. A marriage certificate is just another word for a work permit. (laughs) What do you think? Huh? That's exactly right. First thing to write this morning is this. Great marriages take a lot of ongoing hard work. They take a lot of weeding. Constant. Now, let me give you a little understanding of the scripture today. When God created you, probably 95, 98, 99% of you were created to receive the gift of marriage. There are some people, 1 Corinthians tells us, Paul tells us, that were created by God with the gift of singleness. God never meant for you to get married. You'll know that because when we talk about dating and marriage, it's like the last thing in my mind, not even interested. If that's not the last thing in your mind and you see a young lady walk by and you go, whoa, and you see a guy go, yeah, you don't have the gift of singleness. (laughs) So, So what happens is you say, well, then, man, you keep talking about marriage is a lot of hard work. Well, it is, but it's the most wonderful and fulfilling human relationship there is on earth. It's absolutely incredible. And God made it that way. But anything, when you went out to that garden and got that big old steak tomato and you cut it and oh, it was red and it was ripe and there was no bugs on it. I don't know where you got it, but maybe your garden. And you cut it open and you just laid those red ones and then you get those things from the store. Hard, icky looking, no color. What a difference. Well, it took work. Your marriage, my marriage takes a lot of work and it is worth it. So let's see this morning three more expectations that God has for our marriages. You've turned in your Bibles to Genesis. Look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. We're reminded by this visual illustration of what marriage looks like that Adam and Eve were created to obey God. God was to be the head of their individual lives. God was to be the head of their home. Your first responsibility is to have a personal relationship with God yourself. And then you date someone who doesn't believe in God That's not enough. You date someone who, like you, has a personal relationship with God. They're born again. Their life has been changed. They're a Christ follower. And then we turn our lives uh, over to God as a couple. And the head of our marriage is not the husband. It's not the wife. It's God. Now, when God created this, he put in this home and in my life individually and yours as well, one different thing. He put in our home choice, free choice. So he said to Adam and Eve in this incredible garden, there was no sin, there was no weeds, there was no bugs, there was no death. It was wonderful. He said, there's one tree, don't go by it, don't eat from it, leave it alone. Everything else is yours. So he gave Adam and Eve a choice, the freedom of choice. Somebody knew about that choice because he had been created by God to be a worshiper. And God gave the angels 
before he created man, the same choice. Well, as you know, Satan chose to live independent from God. He opted for that choice, was kicked out of heaven. And we see in chapter 3, if you'll turn there, that Satan finds his way into the garden. We begin in verse 1. Now the serpent, Satan, was more crafty, that simply means deceitful, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? You see, Satan, a deceitful serpent, entered the garden looking for Eve. Satan knew that the marriage that God designed, one man, one woman with God, was to be the foundation of the world. It was to be that the marriage and the home were the foundation of society. Now, he looks for Eve. Eve at this moment is sinless. She's never sinned. But she's temptable. Being tempted is not a sin. If Eve wasn't temptable, then she wouldn't have a choice. She had a choice because God gave a command. A command always says you can obey it or disobey it. When Jesus was beginning his ministry at the age of 30, it said after he was filled with the Spirit, he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he was tempted by Satan. You can do it my way, Satan said, or you can do it God's way. My way is a lot better. This is exactly what he was, he was being confronted with here. So notice, this brings up for us this seventh thing that God expects. If you miss the others, you'll have to go back and pick them up. Here's number seven. God expects the husband and the wife to defeat, and I put this word in here on purpose, Satan's constant attacks. You see, Satan wanted Eve to doubt God's word. He went right after the truth. He says, Eve, you don't believe really what God said. Well, wait a minute. If God says, don't go by that tree, God's not really a good God. He's a restricted God. And that's what our world believes today. We say to people, would you like to become a Christian? No, I don't want to be. Well, I might become a Christian. I'll do it on my dying bed because the life that you live as a Christian before you get to it, it's restrictive. You don't do this. Don't do that. There's no joy and peace in that. I don't want any part of that life. That's a lie from Satan. The Bible says he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so understand this today. Satan always comes against the truth of the word of God. And that's why many churches won't even teach the word of God today. You notice when you walked in, if you didn't get a Bible, we gave you a Bible. If you didn't walk in with your Bible, you opened the Bible. We don't say open to the third page of the USA Today. We'll talk about the neat articles that are happening there. We want to give you truth. Satan wants us to doubt God's word. Now, when you see this, you have to understand there's a truth that's bigger than Eve. And I want us to say it together. Here it is. Satan is out to destroy my marriage, my home, my relationship with God. Here in Melbourne, in Vieira, we're going to say this together. Here we go. Here we go. Satan is out to destroy my marriage, 
my home and my relationship with God. Now, do you believe that? Well, how long is he out to do that? He will never give up. You see, Linda and I have been married 40 years. Is he still after our marriage? Absolutely. He's after your marriage. If you're single today, he's after your walk with God. He wants to get you sidetracked. And it doesn't matter. You remember Jesus, when he finished defeating Satan, the Bible says that Satan left him after 40 days of tempting for a more convenient time. He came back after Jesus. He's after you. Some of you have been tempted this week in your marriages. And Satan is here. Well, look at verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, by the way, don't get in conversations with Satan. You know why you don't want to get in a conversation? Because the Bible says Satan's a liar and he can't speak the truth. Who would, on earth, you wouldn't find a friend and start, if I said to you, a Joe over here or Judy, they lie all the time. Go over and have a nice talk with them. Well, why would you? You don't even know what to believe. Why would you do that? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God said, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Let me stop here. That's very good. Did Eve know what she shouldn't do? Did she? She didn't go, I don't really have a clue. I don't, which tree is it? I don't know. No, she knew exactly. When you get to heaven, God isn't going to say this in heaven. Mark, uh, quote John 8, 1 through 5. Let's see how you do. He's not going to ask me that. You know what he's going to ask me? Mark, did you obey John 8, 1 through 5? Do you see it? She knew the word. But she's allowing Satan to doubt the truth of the word. After she goes through all this, but God said, you must not eat of the fruit and you must not touch it or you will die. So she knew the consequences. Look at verse four. Verse four is the first outright lie from Satan on earth. Satan, the serpent says to the woman, you will not surely die. In other words, he's lying. Satan says, don't believe God. You can have the fruit. God is a liar. Now, if Satan, the serpent, would have said to Eve this, Eve, God is a liar. Would she have continued talking? No, but he deceives her. He says, you won't surely die. But what is he saying? He's saying, tell me, God is, tell me, a liar. But he doesn't use those words because he knew that would have went, whoa, God's a liar? No, he's deceiving her. Notice verse 5 is tempting. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Why was Satan cast out of heaven? Because he wanted to be like God. He's saying to Eve, you don't need God. You can do this thing called life on your own. It's way better. I didn't need God. I become like God. I can determine what I need to do. You will not be judged and you will not die. Do you know today, Satan continues to attack our mind with lies? Some of you this week, remember the, the mind is the battlefield. 
And that's why I always have to be renewed in the word of God. When Satan lies, I've got to go back and see what the truth is. Well, see, if that was written in Genesis, Eve could have gone back and it would have said, if you eat of the tree, you will die. And she should have said to Satan, no, you're the liar. I will die if I eat of it. That's what God said. And God's word is always true. This week, some of you heard Satan say in your mind, you're married, that your spouse is the enemy and your marriage will never make it. That's the lie you heard. Some of us have heard Satan say this to us this week. The grass is greener. You can go find happiness and actually you, you deserve it. You need to find happiness now. And then some of you heard the enemy lie this right into your ear this week. Your next marriage partner will be better than this one. That's a lie. It's a lie from Satan. You see, he knows where to plant these lies. And for sure, as I watch television... As I read the newspaper, as if you go to the movies, here's what I hear when I'm watching television, Satan's lies. He says this, God's plan for marriage, one man, one woman for life. Huh, you talk about outdated. It'll never work. So I have to understand that every day Satan is bombarding my mind with his lies, just as he was with Eve. Satan says to Eve, you can walk independent from God. That was truth. It would cost her, but she didn't understand that. Now, what a difference if Eve had remained true to God's word. What a difference if she believed it and simply walked away from Satan. But she didn't. Look at verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Remember, she was temptable and she gave in to temptation. That was the sin. Being tempted is not a sin. Giving in to temptation is a sin. Look at verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Right by verse 7. This is a picture of religion. See, religion says, I can do something to make myself right with God. Adam and Eve knew they were guilty. They are now naked. Before, they were naked and there was no shame. Now they go, uh-oh, we have to fix this. Religion is simply a way for man to try to fix it. But you can't fix it. You'll see later that God has to fix it. So they sew these fig leaves together. Talk about stupidity. If you've ever had a fig tree in your backyard, we go to Israel a lot. Fig trees on the backside of the leaves, they are filled with itchy stuff. Now, let's not even go there with a picture, but I, mean, I, I could pick a lot better leaf than that. Be honest, Adam. Do these fig leaves make me look fat? Now, if you're a husband, you've heard this statement before. So this came from Eve way back then and it's been put in people's mind. Now, if you're a husband and, and your wife says, does this outfit make me look fat? What is always the answer you give? Absolutely no. Not unless you want to get beat up or whatever. You always say no. If it isn't true, you go and ask God to forgive you and then you come back and your marriage is okay. I'm just joking. Don't email me. But see, they knew 
Something had changed. The consequences of sin came. Now, the moment, let's just picture this podium this morning as marriage in the home. Up to this point, marriage in the home, there were no problems. There were no weeds. There was no sin. There was no arguing. It was beautiful. They were naked. They didn't need anything else. They were in a relationship with God and one another. Man, they were having a great time. But when they chose to live independent from God, from that moment, Satan entered the home. And he's never left the home to this day. So in our homes, we have God, if you're a follower of Christ, and you have Satan. And there's constant battle in our lives. It never will end until Satan is finally defeated. He said, well, that's pretty depressing. Not really, because he who's in me is greater than he who walked into my house, which is Satan. So I have the ability to defeat him every single time. Now, who was really at fault? Was it Adam or was it Eve? Take a look at this verse in Timothy. The Bible says this in 1 Timothy 2.14. And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. What that simply means was Eve was actually deceived. But Adam, when Eve offered it to him, willfully disobeyed. So who is really responsible? Adam who was to be the leader, to be the protector of his wife. He is the one who is in deliberate rebellion against God. Well, on that day, Adam and Eve get together. They, next morning, they sit down and they do their journaling. And they say, what did we learn from yesterday? If they would have had paper and pen, I believe their journal that day would have read something like this. Yesterday. God, Adam and Eve together, we really did a stupid thing yesterday. Both of us disobeyed you and we cannot undo our sin. You see, if you don't evaluate yesterday, I can't learn from it, good and bad. So it's good to evaluate. That's why I journal. Then the word. Now, they didn't have a Bible, but they had the word of God. God said, don't go by that tree. Now, what do you think they would have journaled? He said, if you go by that tree, disaster's going to happen. I believe they journaled something like this. God, your word was true. And now we know that Satan is a liar. Great marriages take a lot of ongoing hard work. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that in the midst of all God's expectations for marriage, he doesn't say it will be easy. We must understand that Satan's first mission on earth was to corrupt Adam and Eve's marriage. He wants to do the same to yours. The enemy looks to seek, kill, and destroy. So you and your spouse must fight every day to defeat his endless attacks. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5 and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. One of the hardest things to do is admit we're wrong. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will speak on the danger of a hardened heart in the context of marriage. God expects us to keep our hearts soft. How can you soften your heart towards your spouse today? Don't let the enemy plant seeds of pride and bitterness in your marriage. Seek to love, serve, and forgive as much as you can. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. See